0: From now on, it's Magic Man and El Diablo. What's, what's Diablo mean? It's like, you know, it's like Spanish for like a fighting chicken. That's awesome.
1: I know. With the claws. With the claws. That's, and the beak.
0: What do you think of that?
1: You just sometimes things click. On this episode of the Theologians Table podcast, we begin our two-part series on praying in tongues. We first describe our experiences in praying in tongues and when it was introduced to us growing up. And then we get into a discussion on Spirit-filled worship, such as is it as easy as we think it is for churches to incorporate Spirit-filled worship, and what does that actually even mean? And then we get into discussing what the Bible says about praying in the Spirit before praying in tongues. So stay tuned for this and more on this episode of The Theologian's Table podcast. Now let's get on with the show! Well, hello everyone, and welcome back to The Theologian's Table podcast. My name is. Is not in my name is Tim T. And I am Tim J. All right. So we're fired up tonight. We've got our coffee ready to drink to keep us energized along with the Holy Spirit. Um show off our merch there. Yeah, this camera. is our our merch. Theologian's table coffee it's $57 mug. $57.
0: Yeah, $57 know.
1: plus $8.95 shipping and handling. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, we've got a interesting topic for you tonight. It's uh, praying in the spirit, or also known as praying in tongues. Mm-hmm. And Tim, Jay, has wanted to talk about this since we started yeah, man. together. So um, tonight's the perfect night to do it, since uh, the last few episodes have been about prayer anyways. Mm-hmm. And it's a full moon, so... It is perfect. a full moon. <laughs> I had, I didn't know that.
0: I don't know if it is oh, okay. I I that out
1: there. All right.
0: Um, did you want to say anything before we get started? I, I wanted to at least comment on this. Sure. Um, I think we said it in the last episode, but I wanted to kind of hear some feedback from anyone out there about the the name of the podcast. And I'm not saying like we're gonna change it based on how how people vote or whatever. But I wanted to I wanted to know what people thought. Do people love the theologians table or do they like theology taco something like that
1: uh yeah so at the very end of the last episode uh which is two and a half hours um we we mentioned that um we are possibly thinking of a name change just because this isn't really formalized theology Right. it's more of uh of uh informal i guess it's casual mm-hmm. um but at the same time uh theologian's table is a little bit more i think you called it stuffy yeah. <laughs> and it, it is it, it definitely I mean, it, it brings I that didn't sound insulting no no it's trying to make it. it brings intellectualism like it's highly intellectual name <laughs> uh even if um even with the the table metaphor there so mm-hmm. um and
0: i love all the things about yeah. the name the title right but yeah
1: it's not very uh eye-catching maybe sure uh, so and um what what tim and i do on this show didn't doesn't really reflect well uh the original intent of the show and i don't know if it ever did really if 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 what i did ever reflected well and Uh, the the title of the show anyways because it was mainly just like me preaching for 17 episodes so um and me being uh snooty and hoity-toity um and then i I did and then we did have a a few professional theologians Mm -hmm. on so and and i think um i had three on i had dr alvarez then Dr. Richie and then Dr. Coulter,
0: which you still have access to these, people, right? right? Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: you can go back. So they're in there. You, you just got to look for them.
0: No, I mean for for future for yeah episodes, whether I'm on it or not, uh-huh. just just to hear. Um, I would love if we could even get a third mic and, uh-huh.
1: and interview someone. We we I'm, would have to get a, a bigger. Uh, focus right box. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. So, um, or have an awkward uh,
0: share a mic with mm-hmm. someone. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I always thought that was funny about rock bands when I would see uh-huh. them sing live right. and like two guys share the mic. And I'm like, why? You guys, it's Aerosmith. Mm-hmm. You guys can afford another mic, right? Yeah. Like, they definitely do you prefer do. to sing in mm-hmm. the same mic. It always looked very strange to me.
1: Yeah. Anyway. And this <laughs> nothing to do with what we're talking about anyway. <laughs> I mean, I'll talk about Aerosmith whenever, but, uh,
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. We were talking about Wayne's world too, off air. So they what was that? Wings? Wayne's world. Too. Wayne's world too. Yeah, They're they were right. That, they yep. Were
1: when they came to Wayne stock. That's mm-hmm. right. <laughs> Anyways, what we do on the show is a little bit different from the original spirit of the theologians table. And I kind of, I I'd like what we do now. I just don't think, even though we're sitting at a table mm-hmm. right now, the theologian's table is more, way more formal mm-hmm. than yeah. than what we do. So. so, if
0: if if anyone has any interesting name ideas, we yeah. could go back to theology taco or um,
1: keep something
0: with table. I don't know. We we <clears throat> talked about the idea of doing something about, with seed time and harvest. Some something about seed. You know, yeah. they always it comes up all the uh-huh. time.
1: Right. Right. Yeah, there was there was something about that. And s- there's lots of scripture that we kind of hover around that yeah. would work out really well. So yeah. uh, maybe we should be responsible one day and like uh, evaluate it uh, together and, and see. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I um, think about it. Yeah. Um So
0: anyway, just wanted to
1: put that out there for the, the
0: audience. If you guys think of anything, let us know. Mm hmm. Um, or, or if you love it and you think, hey, don't change it; it's perfect. You know, right. well, let me know that too.
1: I know because I already have merch. There can merch <laughs>
0: that you uh, can't buy. Of course, <laughs> that could that could be very valuable. You know, because like, one day, yeah, because yeah, then they could be like, oh, I have a cup from before they changed the name and they became super yeah. celebrities. Couldn't That's even right. walk down the street in can <laughs> Oh, were you going to say something about? Uh, the, do you say what our what your email address is where they reach us?
1: Oh yeah, so. Usually, I put uh, I put it in the description of the show. It's theologytaco at gmail dot com. Um, so if you ever have a question, and heck, if you have a criticism too, mm-hmm. you can always email us and uh, and uh, state ask or or state mm-hmm. whatever you want, what within reason. <laughs> Let me put that. Uh, Addendum on there. Right. So. And we're not covering the cost of shipping. Let me that, just let you know. Uh, yeah. That either. This is an Amazon Prime. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anyways, uh, so you want to get into it?
0: Yeah. Okay. Anyone talk about this week that happened? Anything?
1: Uh, before, before we get into the nitty gritty. Honestly, so oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe not because I've had to practice a lot of self control. Sure. I don't know if we should even bring it up. Okay. And that
0: wasn't where I was going.
1: I was just uh, right. thinking that's, uh, but anything, that's, you could have mentioned the dog, right? We got a new dog. There that's right. Go. Yes. He's a uh, half lab and I think it's black lab and then half Jack Russell terrier or a rat terrier as they're mm-hmm. known sometimes. So, and he has got all of the energy. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my
0: neighbors, when I was growing up, had had the funniest mixed dog mm. I've ever heard of. It was a mix between <laughs> a Chihuahua and a Pitbull. Wow! And I was like, "How does that happen?" Right? And exactly. Apparently, the the uh, Chihuahua was the male. So, and this dog looked so weird. I bet such a weird looking dog. His mm. name is Chiba. But uh, yeah. <laughs> jack i was trying to picture jack russell in a lab but anyway mm. um yeah great dog but yeah the other thing that you were not gonna mention which i'm totally cool with mm-hmm. and i i don't know if you saw the look on my face i was like that's not what i meant <laughs> No. because tim's going through something right now dealing with some things with uh, church turmoil not right. oh not your personal of a friend of yours yeah and it's ugly and it's bad and uh-huh. you almost didn't want to record because you had so much going on in, in your in your head And I wasn't don't bring that you don't have to bring up any specifics, but
1: no, I mean, well, uh, right. So, yeah, last week we didn't record together and honestly, uh, I don't think I could have without, you know, just blowing up. So it was good that we didn't record last week. You know, with time, you get more perspective. And I still feel strongly about it. And I could probably word my criticisms a lot better. Sure. At the same time, you know, the issue is so ugly that uh, it's, I would still probably fly off the handle. Yeah. You know, in, let's see, it's May 31st, 2022. And if you're anybody who goes to church and pays attention, in the to what's going on with the second largest denomination in the United States of <laughs> Christianity, yeah. yes, wow. then then you know what I'm talking about, yeah. So, um, ugly stuff, yeah, really despicable and like <laughs> just I, or, yeah, so let's, <laughs> yeah, I, did, I didn't, I didn't bring that up to get you
0: to talk about, right. it. I was just letting mm-hmm. because. There was such a strong reaction. I didn't want everyone listening to be like, "What is he talking about?" Right. You know, mm-hmm. but it was not the dog. <laughs> Something mm-hmm. else. But um, yeah. So, but we're here. We we did we did finally get to
1: sit down. And uh, what are we talking about, man? So it's, tonight we're talking, as we said a little bit ago, about uh, speaking in tongues, or s- some people call it praying in the spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to me it's the same thing. Yeah. And I am a Pentecostal, so I'm going to approach this from a Pentecostal perspective. And we obviously are known for speaking in tongues. Um, Sure. And Tim, uh, Jay, I mean, I've heard you speak in tongues, Mm so I know you definitely believe it.
0: I'm a full-on weirdo.
1: Yeah. And so, yeah, we're saying that speaking in tongues is still a, a gift that is circulating in the church today gift is the word man Uh uh-huh gift is the word yeah um so i think i i think let's approach this from uh, a personal historical perspective first okay like your experiences with speaking in tongues Mm -hmm. and where like where did you first hear it or and how did you come into it, and, and things like that? Uh, and I'll share mine as yeah. well. And, th- and then we'll get we'll get into the word. Right. Um, uh,
0: so I have probably a very interesting perspective about praying in the spirit. And uh, I've talked to many people who who are filled with the filled with the Holy Spirit and and, and praying tongues with the evidence of praying in tongues. I think everyone I talk to can tell me when they first heard it, or when they were filled with the spirit. I have no memory of either. Mm -hmm. I honestly don't remember when I was filled with the Holy spirit. And I I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means that it's just, I'm not going to say always something that I had, but if you grow up in an environment where it is um, where that is a thing and it is heard, it's not a big deal to you. So Mm -hmm. maybe I just was filled with the spirit and, it wasn't like a, an emotional thing. It wasn't. I've heard some people say that they, they've heard in the spirit. It sounded like the, the roof was being ripped off of, of the building that they were in. It was such a loud sound, but it was just in, in their own heart, obviously. But uh, and then like they heard a rushing wind like an axe two. you see that like they heard rushing wind and they start being filled with the spirit. And when I hear these these stories, I've read a lot of them and they're all just so great. Mm -hmm. to hear the amazing experience that people have had with the Holy Spirit. And then they're filled with joy and they can't stop praying in tongues. Well, I heard one guy said he prayed for like all night long. He couldn't stop, Mm -hmm. you know, and he was just so filled with joy. And it was like, it was an experience. And I'm like, man, that sounds great. I I never had that. But so, yeah, the church I was raised in was um, they taught uh, tongues, you know, but it it also – there, there was an order to it. Now we'll get we'll get more into that once we get into the the word side of it. But uh, because in um, First Corinthians, Paul lays out a ton about the order of how praying in tongues should be. So it wasn't just random people hopping up praying in tongues all over the place, and it was chaos. It wasn't like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been to some churches where it's a little crazy. You know, or at least heard of a lot of these churches that are super weird, and uh, it becomes more about them as a spotlight. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. showing how gifted they are and, and weirding everyone out than uh, then it is um, then it is the way Paul talks about it with tongues and interpretation, you know. But <clears throat> by the way, if anyone is tired of me clearing my throat in the <laughs> podcast, you're not alone. I hate it when I listen back to it and I'm like, some maybe it's coffee. I don't know. I clear my throat all the time and it drives me nuts when I listen to it. I'm like, dude, you've got to find help
1: i usually try to to edit it out because i also the audio version i edit out my ums and uh and mm-hmm. long pauses and i try to get your throat clearing or your nose noise and even with all of that i, see, I still hear it uh-huh. but you know it's authentic so you can't we can't do that with the youtube uh, version because i'm just i'm not gonna edit it that much yeah but it's a lot more work with YouTube yeah make it so. as easy
0: as possible plus I, I don't I don't mind not editing but um
1: yeah I just remember rush Limbaugh would
0: always do that he'd always hear the paper the papers uh crumple and move all over and he would always yeah do that all the time you hear him sniffing and um it's funny at one time he even called attention to it he's like Millennials don't like to hear all that noise all the time. He's mm. like, apparently I do this. And he did it a bunch of times. And I was like, Oh, stop, stop <laughs> plugging my ears. Like, dude, don't do that. <clears throat> anyway. So, <clears throat> but so that was on a Sunday. It was, there was an order to it. It was a structure to it. But if you were in, in our church, uh, it's faith center. So if you were in our church, like in, in the leadership, so to speak, and if you went to a prayer meeting, it was like the way that we would do it was there was one mic and you could not just go up and grab the mic and mm-hmm. pray. You know, our pastor was like, no, I don't know what craziness you're bringing. <laughs> so you, you can only get up and pray if you're approved. And so there was like certain leaders and pastors and people who were approved to pray. And if you wanted I think you had to go up and ask somebody, Hey, can I pray? Yeah. That's, sure. yeah. That's smart. Yeah, it is. I mean, I'm telling you our pastor was very smart on a lot of things. Um, so, Yeah, so it was like if you were in in the audience or whatever, you were praying in the spirit kind of quietly to yourself or even a a little bit out so you could hear it's audible, but you could still hear the person praying. So, whoever had the mic kind of set the direction. Okay, everyone, we're going to pray for our nation. Specifically, we're praying for schools, we're praying for this, we're praying for that. And then this person speaks in English and we're all praying in the spirit at the same time. I can hear him, I'm in agreement. You know, um, if you're not used to praying in tongues, that might sound strange, but I can pray in the spirit and, and listen to what Tim is, is telling me at the same time because mm-hmm. I'm doing two different things. You know, one is in my spirit. I'm not using my mind. And uh, so that was kind of my experience. So I, in a sense, I was used to praying with people. And, and then when I, when I realized that it was a rare thing to meet Christians who were comfortable with that, I would go to prayer meetings and it was dead silent all the time. Yeah, and my first reaction is like, this is a lifeless, and it's probably a little (laughs) critical, but uh, and I've come, I've come to be more respectful, but I've also come to just not go to those prayer
1: meetings. Okay,
0: because it's just pointless to me.
1: Uh huh. And I'm not,
0: I'm not saying that they're dead. It's not really a criticism. It's just, I, I don't think well, if it's completely silent, Mm -hmm. and uh, I'm listening to this person pray, and I'm just like, I don't know, I don't know what to do. Right. I just feel like what, like I feel like Ricky Bobby holding his hands up. Like, <laughs> what do I What do I do? Do I just sit quietly? And after a while, I'm just like, oh, I'm in my own head. Mm-hmm. I need to pray in the spirit so I can get in the spirit, you yeah, know, and get out of my head. Um. So anyway, a, a little brief. I may get into more, but that's kind of my experience. What, what was your experience? Then?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, I was exposed to it very young. Uh, my parents. Uh, I started off in a Independent Pentecostal Church. I don't. I don't believe it was part of any denomination. But you know, they spoke in tongues, and I believe it wasn't very orderly. I, I think. Um, I think like the pastor would invite people to pray in, in the spirit, and it was most of the adults in the church uh, praying at the same time mm-hmm. in, in tongues. So. Um you know, then we church top around a little bit. And, um, I, in my twenties, I always would think back on, uh, that experience when I was younger and wonder, uh, if, you know, the people were actually praying in, in the, in tongues or if they were faking it. And the reason why I say that is because I, I, when I read, uh, chapters like 1 Corinthians 14 when Paul lays out an order of uh, speaking in tongues in the church, yeah. you know. Uh, so, you know, I thought, you know, I interpreted that pretty black and white. Um, and, you know, I started to question it in, in general, like the whole thing about speaking in tongues. Mm-hmm. So then in my early 30s, like I was 31 or something, I got baptized in the Spirit. I okay. got and I started speaking in tongues. So yeah. um, then I'm like, okay, yeah, this is real. Obviously, yeah, I'm doing it. So <laughs>
0: so cool. <laughs> um,
1: and then... Um, Th- 31, where, were you at 31. Generations? No. No, it was bef- way before, uh, a few years before Generations. So, But it was a Pentecostal church. Yeah, it was. Okay. Oh, yeah. It was a Pentecostal <laughs> church. And it was like a meeting for pastors, too. And my grandfather-in-law... Uh, Anna's grandfather. Yes, yes. He's a pastor. He invited us to go. Yeah, uh, that's where I got baptized in the Spirit and so started cool. speaking in tongues. So, and now um, I'll speak in tongues often, off and on. It's not a regular occurrence. Um, and like I'll get into this. Well, I'll get into it now. What the heck? Sure. Um, sometimes I'll wake up speaking in tongues, and I and I. The reason why I say I'll get into this is because people might say, well, you're just like in a confused state and you're waking up and you're just mumbling. And, and I'm like, no, it's very distinct, actually. Mm. So um, I know when I'm speaking in tongues and the last time I spoke in tongues in, in church was in a prayer meeting for uh, when the U.S. pulled out of Afghanistan and all the crapola. yes that was going on there uh, sure after i uh, got off the stage and sat down i just busted out speaking and praying in tongues mm-hmm. so um around a lot of very reformed people <laughs> sure so um yeah that that's my experience with with tongues so yeah and in in school in seminary uh professors you know when someone would bring up a prayer request and if it was like even over Zoom, we would just they would he, the professor would start speaking in tongues uh, in in prayer, yeah, which I thought was like is cool and insane at the same time.
0: <laughs> well, it, it's almost like it it takes something that's very supernatural and it takes it it brings it into the your regular world mm-hmm. and without seeming like like go grab the smoke machine, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like. It's like something that's very supernatural and, and very spiritual should be every day mm-hmm. because here's Jesus living that way. Here's the early disciples as, as we'll talk about and the, the early church and the apostles doing miracles and things like this all the time and hearing hearing from the Holy Spirit so distinctly so distinctly like exactly where what street to mm-hmm. go down. You know, you're going to meet a man named Cornelius. He lives right. here, you know, or yeah. whatever. And it's like it's so specific. And it's like, that's That seems pretty supernatural, man. Yeah. You know, like even the great prophets of old, they did things like that, but it was very rare. And here it is happening to everybody. Right. Early church. Yeah. You know, so it is kind of cool to just be in in the middle of a meeting um, and hear something like that. Um, I watched this video one time. um, It was uh, Pastor Hagen Sr. And uh, he was he was at a, a conference, like a minister's conference or something like that. And we watched it in the early church history class. And um, no, not early church history. <laughs> that wouldn't be it. And it was church history of, of some sort. And uh, and it was, so, it was so funny. It was a trip. No one was expecting this. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. He's talking about, I can't remember exactly what it was, but he's talking about something. And then out of nowhere, he just starts praying in tongues, mm-hmm. like loud. And it was like, whoa, 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 what's happening here? Cause he was just preaching and then uh, he just switched over in, into praying in tongues. And then, uh, and you kind of see people in the audience kind of like perk up and they, some of them stand up and then he stops and goes, I don't know about y'all, but I want the glory. Mm-hmm. And he just falls woo, straight back, almost like somebody just shoved him straight back and he falls down and he is like, he's laughing and everyone is like laughing. Cause he's just, he's funny. He's a funny guy. And they're laughing at him and, and he's, he eventually gets back up with some help and he's like, hold on, hold on. Before all this stuff gets crazy, I just want to say one more thing. And he opens up his Bible and he's just saying, here was the last point I wanted to make in, in my notes. Okay. Now the Holy spirit wants to do something. And so like the rest of the service was transformed into a very, uh, spiritual Holy spirit, crazy, awesome thing. Mm-hmm. And I got to watch it. You know, this was in the, I don't know, early nineties, maybe. Mm. Um, but yeah, so it was cool to just see someone preaching, and then like the Holy Spirit was like, "We're going to derail this. Yeah, I want to do something here." Mm-hmm. And I love how he was just like, "One one thing. <laughs> so let me get this one thing in here, Holy Spirit, and then and then, then we can go." Mm-hmm. A lot of that was was very common in my church mm-hmm. that I grew up in, but also in Rhema and a lot of those um, a lot of those experiences that I've had. So it's it's actually. Strange to me to be at churches that don't emphasize the Holy Spirit much and don't emphasize tongues and don't really teach much about it. Uh, it's it's an adjustment, and I don't know what to do sometimes.
1: Yeah, I have. Uh, I had kind of have like the reverse situation of what you've got going on right now because I went to a Pentecostal college and then seminary or grad school, if you want to call it that. Um, and the churches that I went to while I was going to those places didn't emphasize the the Pentecostal distinctives. So it's been very hard for me to still accept some of the distinctives, like even speaking in tongues, just because I'm not in uh, good practice with it, I would say. Okay. And it's weird for... Hopefully this doesn't hurt anybody. It's weird for it's weird for me to go to churches who are in a Pentecostal denomination and don't emphasize um, you know, spirit-inspired worship or, sure. or whatever. Sure. And I believe God leads us to places for a reason. So I went to these churches because mm-hmm. God led me there. But at the same time, I kind of wish that I was also going to a church that emphasized Um, Or at least acknowledged uh, the uh, movement of the Holy Spirit in in worship, you know, from praise all the way through the end of the sermon, whatever, whatever, Um, because I would feel more confident in my beliefs. I I think, you know, I right. sometimes I feel like I'm just talking the talk uh, about Pentecostalism. I haven't really. You want to see it demonstrated. Yeah, I want to see it demonstrated. Yeah. That's really interesting,
0: right? And and, and that's where I think I'm so blessed, man. I'm so blessed. I, the church that you say this about any church um, that like it had issues, it had issues in leadership, it had issues with with everything. I don't mean I don't mean to say that it was like the perfect church, or anything. there is no perfect church. That's right. the old saying, right? But um, I really want to emphasize how blessed I was to grow up in an environment like that, because our worship was not so good. It's really good. And when you're talking about spirit inspired worship, um, a lot of the people on staff wrote their own music and it was really good too. Um, Mm -hmm. But there was always a, there was always like, I'm not musical, so I don't know the terms, like an interlude maybe where it's like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, chorus, bridge, chorus, or, you know, and somewhere in there, there's a moment where it's like, no singing
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it's like just worship worship from your heart we're going to linger in this place we feel the holy spirit's here let's just linger here
1: that's called and that
0: was my every
1: day right. that's right. called a responsive segment A resp- <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> responsive segment it is mm-hmm. uh whatever it was called i know
0: hillsong did it a lot mm-hmm. does it a lot yeah and I, I love it because it really is a, a moment where you can just say like, I want to say, I get the words on the screen are good. Mm-hmm. I, I I like that I can say them if I don't know what to say, but that's the moment where it's like, I just want to praise you. I want to talk to you and tell you how great you are and, and be in worship. And man, that is a spiritual moment. And that was like in so many services I, I was in and Sunday night, probably faith center too. But I was thinking at, at Rama. that's what's where, um, My wife and I, it was our favorite services were the Sunday night services Mm -hmm. because the uh, associate pastors would speak. We had some great associate pastors and uh, but you knew you knew if if there was a moment of worship and there was a certain there's about two pastors. You knew that if the Holy Spirit was moving during worship, he would let he would yield his time to speak. And we would just be an, an amazing Worship service, Dean Tad, the Dean of the students, Tad Gregorich. He was one of those that if you heard him (laughs) heavily breathing on the mic (laughs) because it was his turn to speak, but he was just like, (sighs) Uh like, let's just be in this. And we're like, yes, yes, Tad, go for it, man. Go for it. And there was another guy, I think maybe Bill Ray too was another one, Um, but both great. And you knew that they were very sensitive to the moving of the Holy Spirit. Other Others were great, and they were fine, but you could tell because it's like you're in this place. Your eyes are closed. You don't know who has the mic, and then all of a sudden you hear, boy, that was good. All right. <laughs> Praise God. Let's, uh, let's have a seat, and you're like, you just killed it, you know, Yeah. and that's probably my cynicism, but I love that. I love those moments, and uh, I haven't been to a church that does that in way too long, and I uh-huh. miss it. And sometimes it's like, there'll be an interlude in worship now. And it's like dead silent. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're playing music, of course, but I just mean like, there's no like worship pastor leading and telling congregation who may not know what to do, like lift your hands and worship, just tell God, just praise him from your own heart. It's just dead silent. And I'm like, okay, now it kind of feels like a performance. Okay. Yeah. Not like worship. Now it feels Uh like I'm watching a band. (laughs) You know, not to insult anybody. I really don't mean to sound like that, but Mm -hmm. my perspective.
1: That's interesting. I'll have to think on that a minute because, you know, it might be because people aren't used to – it might be because of the lack of of emphasis that people are like, well, what do we do now?
0: I think that's exactly what
1: it is. So, yeah, they're just waiting.
0: I don't think the worship leaders who led it, in my experiences, uh, knew how to do that. Mm -hmm. I think they were taught. Just like everything, whatever you emphasize, you'll see more of. You know, if you see this with churches who emphasize healing, they see more healings. Mm-hmm. Churches who emphasize the this the move of the Holy Spirit, they see it, they experience it. Churches who don't believe in it never see it. Why is that? Is God just not moving? No, they're just not emphasizing it. God wants to.
1: Yeah, you know,
0: it, mm-hmm. it's all about whatever you focus on.
1: Yeah, I think that's a, a good point because how can i phrase this in a way that um makes sense it's that with, with with the way that everything is going on uh in churches today you know we we i hear constantly about how this or that denomination is emphasizing more of the charismatic stuff and then they say like uh you know we're inviting the holy spirit to in this worship service but what does that exactly mean, mm-hmm. right? What do you mean by that? Are are you are you wanting the Holy Spirit to, who's always there, by the way, yeah. to to manifest, or are you just, you know, wanting to give people uh, goosebumps mm-hmm. and, and say, oh yeah, you know, this is a spirit inspired worship, and then just move on to mm-hmm. the next uh, whatever is scheduled on the worship program. So, I think that there's a lot of people, a lot of leadership inviting the Holy Spirit but not acknowledging that they need to give space like yeah. responsive mm-hmm. space to what the Holy Spirit is doing yeah. in the worship mm-hmm. service and they and then maybe they're not teaching their their congregation. We're not teaching the congregation in, in a way that brings the past into the present like we we still keep uh the past at arm's length and what i mean by that is like what's happening in the apostolic church with the empowerment of the holy spirit Mm -hmm. so and we need to be able to to teach that um and and mean it and give space to to that rather than just look good saying it to look good sure does that make sense yeah uh okay Um, and maybe they don't know how to teach that, or maybe they just don't care i don't know, yeah, um,
0: and it that almost speaks to a bigger issue, actually, um not to derail the conversation, but um it almost speaks to an issue of structure versus um i don't know being open to the Holy Spirit moving, and I don't think you have to choose between the two yeah but um i I do see this this is a conversation my wife and I have gotten into countless times. I actually really love it. It's a good conversation, uh-huh. but it's the idea that our, uh, our church is way too structured, right? Uh, yeah. We start at this time. We're done at this time, the end. Uh-huh. And and maybe in some cases where it's like, okay, well this service is done, but we have an 11 starting. So we kind of do have to be done at that time. Right. Fine. What about the second service? Is there, are you open to maybe going a little bit longer? Worship going a little bit longer? Or is it like, no, we're structured, that's it? Yeah. Versus churches I've been to that are like almost not structured at all. You'll have some of the greatest worship ever. Amazing. There was one specifically in Tulsa that Aaron and I visited. It was like the moment praise and worship started, we were not like... Um, I want to say this the right way, not prepped spiritually. So we weren't like praying as we're coming in. It was a normal Sunday. We're just checking out churches. Honestly, tired of checking out churches. Yeah. And uh, we walked into this one and like from note one, oh, you could tell the Holy Spirit was thick in that atmosphere, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Because when we say the Holy Spirit's with us, that's absolutely right. But there's also moments where it's like there's a thickness. Yeah. You know,
1: you feel his
0: presence so much more. He's doing something very Uh intricate. And we knew right away, we kind of both looked at each other like, whoa, this is so legit. And so we loved it. It was like 20, 25 minutes, almost 30 minutes of nothing but praise and worship. We were like, this is our charge, like finally. (laughs) And then they continued to have the rest of the service as if we didn't just have 30 minutes of, so that we were there for like three hours. And I was like, enough, enough. Uh I'm someone who loves atmospheres like that. Mm -hmm. But so that would be the far end of it. So one one side's way too structured. One side is like, I got stuff to do today. Right. I want to be home. I get it. Mm -hmm. In those moments where the Holy Spirit's there, it's great, it's powerful. But like, it doesn't have to be every Sunday. It's fine. So it's like, those are the two sides. And I think find it somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Have a structure, allow the Holy Spirit to interrupt. Mm -hmm. You know, that's kind of where I'm at.
1: Yeah. And I think a lot of, maybe a lot of pastors are worried about how many moving parts there are on a Sunday morning. Um, let's say you're a church of like 400 people. And you've you've got uh, different ministries happening happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. Well, two main ones, you've got the adult service and then you have the children mm-hmm. slash youth ministry. And so they're, they're like, maybe uh, we want to give well, we always want to give the time for this, but then like, what do we do about the kids ministry? How long can we keep uh-huh. the kids? Uh, how long can we place Simon Says for? Right. So, <laughs> but at the same time, well, I'll just bring the kids in or, or something like that. Sure. <laughs> right. and, th- and that's, no,
0: that, that's, it's a good point. And um, one of my bros was talking to me about that, about how uh, he either goes or went, I can't remember which, to a church that was kind of very unstructured. And sometimes would take hours and hours, you know, and he's like, but if you're serving in that moment, it's frustrating. Yeah, it is. He's like, yeah. no, 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 mm-hmm. still, still going. The Holy Spirit's moving. And I'm like, can you tell him to stop? Because I'm stressed out, you know, uh-huh. uh, and it's like, fine, you deal with the kids. So I, I, I do think that that's, I don't know that there is a right answer. Mm. I think some of it kind of depends, um, but, but I, I think it's a good conversation to have it's a good thing to be aware of. Like, listen, Mm -hmm. if you're willing to allow the Holy Spirit to, um, uh, to take over a service, so to speak, I don't know what phrase to give that, except just to say, take over the service. Um, You have to be aware you have children's workers and like honor them. Don't Mm -hmm. do that every week. right? Or, you know, throw them a Chick-fil-A gift card or something. (laughs) But um, I, I have heard of a a service like that happening and they uh, they came to the head pastor and they were like we need to release these kids
1: that's mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> like a bunch of bulls or something we have to release the bulls and uh and they did he was like let them out let them come in here we're having a revival they need to be here mm-hmm. and he said when they came in oh, so many of them just kind of fell out and all these like little voices were worshiping god and he was like it was beautiful i think sometimes we do protect like no no no, no. this is the adult Right. At least the same Holy Spirit, man. He yeah, wants to absolutely. speak to them. Yep. Uh but there and I also want to say this in defense for the order churches. Uh the Holy Spirit can still move in that. I feel like there is a conversation that people are like, Well, the Holy Spirit wasn't here because we told him to be done at ten thirty. No, everything God does is an order. There's mm-hmm. a structure to the universe, to, to the earth, yeah. there's structure to everything. Mm-hmm. So it's fine to have structure in your service. I think you just need to make room if you're not already for him to move if necessary. But I think you can have an, an hour service and it, the Holy spirit be there and worship be yeah. there with the speaking.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think of oh, this opens a can of worms <laughs> uh, with me. Mm-hmm. Like I, th- I think the Holy spirit is definitely going to be present, especially in the preaching and how I know that is when the sermon is relevant throughout the whole entire week if you go you know from Sunday to Sunday mm-hmm. um, and you're just still like thinking about what what was preached like the whole week yeah and I think that the Holy Spirit is present in that and I think um, yes good point. you know it, it's like it would be the same thing to say well we only God only moves supernaturally um, college is the devil. Or something like that yeah. i'm gonna bring up college <laughs> okay and, and then or education in, in in general and so you have this you have this weird paradigm where god only moves supernaturally he can't move in in studied in, in like super right. study focused things with and, you, with
0: you in, in your room right with your books out yeah studying. yeah
1: right when um that's a very good point but you know that reduces that's so reductive to the power of God.
0: Right. So if, if if there's not running and falling over and rolling on the floor and right. all those things and the Holy Spirit wasn't there. Yeah. I hate
1: that. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: you're absolutely right. Because I can tell you that my favorite times with God is when it's just me and God. And I've been in some great, great like worship services where... Uh, redemption to the nations. What? Oh, hold on. I have to make a correction. Redemption to the nations is the name of the church okay. in Chattanooga. Uh-huh. I called it Christ for the nations, which is totally different in Texas. That's probably just for one person listening who that drove me crazy. But <laughs> no, I was, I was listening back to it and I was like, you dummy, that's in Texas. No mm-hmm. redemption to the nations is Kevin Wallace's church. I was in, he has an amazing church. And so I was in one of those services and I was in worship And my eyes were closed for such a long period of time and i i was literally scared because i didn't know what god was going to show me because i felt so i felt him so close and i was afraid if i opened my eyes he was going to be right in front of me or i was going to see angels or or i was going to get lost somewhere in the spirit and be stuck in this place you know Mm -hmm. like frozen and can't move or something it was like that's how potent the presence of god was um so those are great too. I'm really good, but some of my favorite times with God really are when it's just me and God, mm-hmm. like just while I'm working, you know. Yeah. Um, so I, I, that's a great point you made because the Holy Spirit was present with me this morning when I was when I was in my devotion, mm-hmm. and I don't mean that just to say He's always with me. I mean He's confirming the Word. as i'm opening i can feel his presence and i'm like oh he's showing me something about burdens here we go (laughs) we're making notes and i was like oh this is great you know Uh so yeah
1: that's yeah that's good so so specifically about praying in tongues what was most on your heart about this topic can you boil it can you can you find a starting place yeah. Anyways.
0: Yeah, I, and I'll I'll try I'll try to make this quick because I was gonna use this as the introduction, so I'll try to condense it a little bit. Most times when people talk about the Holy Spirit, I'm I'm talking about pastors from stage or ministers teaching a class or something. Um, they always talk about how it's a um, what's taught about the Spirit is very mysterious. You're not really sure what he does. He's the third part of the Trinity, but he's the weird one, maybe, you know, that he had a moment in Acts, but nobody really knows what he does. You know, people say, I mean this with respect, but people say all the time, like spirit come and I want to say, I know what they mean, but it's like, but he's here, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, Aaron, uh, my, my wife was at a worship thing and she was, she was one of the worship leaders and the head pastor came after this amazing time of worship. He came up and he was like, I think we need to beg the Holy Spirit to come. And and so like they all were begging. And she was like, this is stupid. No, he's here. Don't you feel it? Mm-hmm. Like maybe you need to beg that you have some sensitivity in your heart that you can sense it. How do you not notice that he's here? You know, um, but there is just that sense that uh, there's not a lot of really good teaching on the Holy Spirit. I mean, I've heard a lot of good teaching, but I just mean maybe big big church, a big C church, like as a whole. Okay. There's a lot of misconceptions. So I even hear people say there's a lot of misconceptions and then they talk about their experiences, the good or the bad, mostly the bad. They don't really say much about what the Bible has to say about the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, uh, we, we spent this whole time talking about our experience just because it's interesting to me. Yeah. It's, it's super cool to know, How did you get filled with the spirit? What do you think about him? What did you think about him before? What do you think about him now? That's cool. But if you're teaching on the Holy spirit, your experience is not only secondary, it's like far down the list of importance, right? How do you teach on the Holy spirit and not say what the Bible has to say about the Holy spirit? Yeah. Like you could, we could just do nothing but that. Mm-hmm. when does he show up what does jesus say about him you know wh- what is his role wh- what, are, what are his activities how can you tell it's the holy spirit and not a bad spirit you see a lot in the acts lots of bad spirits a lot of small g gods mm-hmm. and so I, I see this and i i feel like i probably have a gifting of teaching ministry gifts the reason i think that is because every time i hear someone try to describe something about the holy spirit and i'm like who cares <laughs> who cares who cares? They're going through the list. You know, this person was praying for me and then he made a cow sound and and then other people were making pig sounds and chicken sounds. And I'm like, who cares about what you saw? What does Jesus say about the spirit of truth? Uh-huh. I'm not saying don't talk about your experiences. I'm saying like, that's not first on the list. You know, right. does the Bible say? So this is something that was drilled into us big time at Rama, is that they were always like, you have to bring it back to the word. Cause there's some crazy doctrines out there. Mm-hmm. Like bring it back to the word. If you can't really back it up with at least two scriptures, sometimes three and certainly context matters. What um, dispensation of God's grace was in operation at that time, meaning like in the old before the law during the law. Um, now, now that we're under grace, the church is under a period of grace. As Paul said, we're not under the law. That context is important so that's kind of what i want to get into
1: now if you're cool with that yeah um, but uh, we could switch it though what what about it to you is well i mean what's for me what's interesting is exactly the reasons that that you think it's interesting is what the word has to say about mm-hmm. speaking in tongues or any manifestation of the holy spirit in general mm-hmm. And then the second thing is that it's still relevant for today's yes. church. Uh-huh. For gosh sakes. You do that.
0: You look at the camera uh-huh. and I'm like, I forget that thing's there. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm a, such a big podcaster. I don't think about that.
1: Anyway, it's relevant. He's uh-huh. relevant. I said it. Yes. He's relevant today.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Because it, it is about, if we want to preach some some doctrine, I mean, the Holy Spirit is has agency uh, being god and he has a sovereignty thank you Mm -hmm. um over creation yes and especially in 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 worship you see that all throughout scripture and so i don't know how people could start with anything but scripture right i I mean experience like you said is good but scripture is better so it's not a spare tire um it's, it's,
0: know. it's almost like, uh, to, to bring it to a funny parallel. It's like, we listen to people who are like really big health fanatics, Yeah, and they know a lot about food and nutrition and all that stuff. My tendency is when I hear that, or they'll, I'll point out a contradiction and not to be a jerk. I just noticed like there may be a contradiction in what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Like, go, oh, yeah, we're not supposed to eat eggs. And I'm like, really? Cause they said don't, and then do, and then don't, and then do five times over. We're not supposed to eat eggs. No, we are. Mm-hmm. Um, The tendency is to be like, see, that is why I don't even pay attention to what the medical, you know. Mm -hmm. But really, that's a mistake. And I think people do that sometimes with the Holy Spirit. They'll be like, I had went to a church and they were wild and they were crazy. And somebody tried to slap me in the face and say it was the Holy Spirit doing it. So that's why I don't buy into any of that. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, no, don't do that. You're missing it. Don't let your experience dominate everything.
1: Yeah, that's what I did for a long time. Sure, that's what a lot of people do. Yeah. Right.
0: That's, That's what I do about health stuff.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: My brother had a good post. Uh, he said uh, th- there was a new study talking about how coffee is good for you, you know. And he said we we have to read the material that we agree with because <laughs> we're coffee drinkers. So yeah. it's like, uh-huh. yeah.
1: Anyway, so so
0: what does the word have to say? You want to get off into? Something?
1: I mean, like we could do this in order. I mean, we could talk about Acts two, four.
0: Well, I was going to say even in order. I I don't mean to go here, uh-huh.
1: but. Um, this is something
0: that's interesting. Creation. Right. It said that um the spirit of God hovered over the face of the earth. That's right. Yep. Okay. Now if correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that the Hebrew word for like hovered is referring to like a mother hen hovering and sitting on her eggs. Um, it's almost like preparing, like brooding, like preparing the I earth think, for I creation. I think
1: brooding is, is a good uh yeah. synonym. I can look it up,
0: but I, I wasn't going to start in the very beginning, but right. there, there is, it is interesting to see the activity of what, what does the father do? What does Jesus do? And what does the Holy Spirit do? Mm-hmm. You know, other people have said it better than I can, but, um, you know, it alludes a little bit to this in John, uh, chapter one, when it says that, uh, talking about the word Jesus, that uh by him he he created all things and there was nothing that was created that he did not create mm-hmm. you know but you see the holy spirit in action as well brooding you know being That's right. a part of creation yep and and you hear in proverbs 8 maybe one of my favorite proverbs by the way because it talks about he he uses wisdom almost as if it's a person yes you know how he said that he said i wisdom was uh-huh. with god was with the creator in the beginning yeah you know, he used me as a master craftsman yes and so you see god as a creator using this this perfect oh, man it's just beautiful i can't even illustrate how much i love that proverb but it's beautiful you know mm-hmm. but so i say that to say that they're they all have certain characteristics and jesus illuminates so many of these characteristics about the holy spirit in john 14.
1: right so the the hebrew word which I don't know why it's not giving me the. Uh, I can. It's got a. I have to put my headphones on for a second, mm-hmm. so you can hear it. Yeah, Rahaf. Rachaf. That sounds very all right. So it means to Jeez. tremble, flutter, uh, hovering over the face of the waters. And if you want to get theological about that, water in Old Testament Hebrew theology it means chaos. Yeah. So the universe was in existed in chaos Mm -hmm. spirit was hovering over that and eventually brought order brought brings order to it. That's right. So, um, but, uh, is God create the chaos. That's a good question. I mean, I
0: don't want to go here. (laughs) Right. Let's, let's talk about tongues. (laughs) Yes, It's interesting. I love hearing people's theories of creation, Mm -hmm. you know, young earth, old earth, So I love hearing so much about that. I don't know that I care. It's interesting to me. And some things are really important. Doctrinally that we have to keep straight doctrinally. Right. um, That's just a theory. I'll listen to it, but right. Um, anyway, so I was going to go here unless you had no go, please go. Okay. Okay. So, um, this is one, I'm pretty sure this is one of the first times that Jesus ever refers to the Holy spirit. Um, uh, we're in John chapter fourteen, uh, verse starting in sixteen. Uh, well, I'll probably go up a little bit here. Jesus is talking to his disciples. This is toward the end here. I know John's not in chronological chronological order, but he talks to them about so many of these amazing man. John fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen are pow- powerhouse uh, chapters. They're yes. so good and so meaty, and I cannot get through one chapter in a, in a week you know, because there's just so much meat in each of these. But uh, So he, he's talking to his disciples and it's always important to kind of know a timeline because what Jesus said in the beginning is true, but what he said in the end is urgent. You mm-hmm. know, it's all true. He's the light. He's the truth. In him there is no darkness, but at the same time when you hear him repeating things, that means that's important you right know? <laughs> mm-hmm. when you hear him toward the end, what's the last thing he says, boy, that's really important. You know, that's very urgent. So I like, think this is toward the end. Uh, when, when he starts explaining to them about how he's going to leave, um, he wants to give them hope. So what did I say? Okay. So for 13, so he's saying, and whatever you ask in my name that I will do that the father may be glorified in the son. So you see, a, and in so many other places here, you see such a unity between father, son, and spirit, Mm -hmm. such perfect unity. Uh, 14, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray to the father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Uh, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and he will be in you. Mm -hmm. He's giving them hope. And he continues, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you a little while longer and you will see me no more, but you will see me. Um, so just to kind of break that one down, what does the word helper mean? Do you know what's the Greek word? In the Greek word, the paraclete paraclete. Yeah. So that's a big one. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. So here he is saying, I will pray to the father and he will give you a helper, a paraclete, and he will abide with you forever. So he abides with you. Um, the word paraclete is it has seven different meanings. And they're not seven different meanings. They're just, it's almost like, if I'm saying this right, it's like all of them are applicable.
1: Yeah. It's not just like. So are you saying that it's a multifaceted <laughs> word? That's a $2 word. Okay. Uh,
0: yeah. So I don't have all seven with me right now, mm-hmm. but I can take a stab at, at, I'll try to see if I can get at least close to seven. So it means helper, literally someone who helps. It is a, uh, a teacher, a, um, an advocate, um a standby i love that one standby um that's for comforter comforter yes because he even says yes yeah, so he comforts <laughs> fantastic you got another one uh no. <laughs> a
1: comforter advocate standby uh,
0: i feel like the people who know this are going to freak out right
1: yeah now. but you know it's, it's easy for them because they're not on doing this on the spot.
0: And I, I, know, I normally am prepared. I just wasn't
1: sure if, that we were recording tonight. So right. for those of you who are like, this guy's never prepared. You got We got five of them, five out of seven. Yeah, that's not bad. Right? But there's
0: some other ones, maybe intercessor.
1: <laughs> Definitely intercessor. Okay. Um, but
0: so every one of these words really means something. So this is Jesus saying, I'm giving you someone who <clears throat> who's going to intercede for you who's going to comfort you when you're mourning? Who's going to be a standby? And I love the way that sounds. Standby. It almost means like he's standing right next to you, just saying, "Hey, you need help? You need help? I'm here for you, man. What can I help you with?" Yeah. You know. Who's here to teach you all things? How stupid do I feel half the time? I need someone to teach me everything, you know. Advocate. He advocates for me. He's he's he helps me. Mhm. That's a big word. I'm I'm stopping there for a reason. It doesn't just mean he helps me, sure. No, he helps you in everything in your life. Um, And there's another, I'll get to it here. Hold on. There's another one in in 1426. This is probably where it's at. He says, but the helper or the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. So will send, has not been sent yet at this time. Mm -hmm. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So there's another thing you say, teacher, that sounds good. But here he says, he will teach you all things. Uh-huh. He's going to teach you everything, anything you want to know, <laughs> you know, and, and not. And so here, here's an example. This is kind of what I mean by all things. So I found myself in a situation a few years ago where I had a Subaru and something happened to it. And I had to, uh, um, buy a part and try to fix it myself not have some automotive experience but i'm no mechanic i'm just not um and i was subaru is stupid so they <laughs> they have they have the engine which is a a boxer or a boxer engine which means it's flat it's not a v so it's all the pistons go like that instead of like a v so they're flat and uh they throw every other part on top of that engine. Mm-hmm. So if you were trying to get to the engine, it almost makes more sense to go from the bottom. Yeah. You know, which the frames in the way. So I say all that to say it's a nightmare. Everything is just compiled and compacted into one tiny spot. And so if you're trying to do one thing, you gotta take seven things off to get to it. Um and so I was in that in that place and I've been working on it for far too long and it was very frustrated. My wife was out there. And she was like, can I help you? And I was like, I don't know. You can try. I got this bolt. I'm trying to, this would make more sense in video, but like, I'm trying to like get my hand here so I can move it up and then twist to the right. And that's where the hole is. So you've twisted your arm into a painful spot and you have no more strength left in your fingers. (laughs) Probably because you don't have blood flow going to your fingers. (laughs) And you still have to try to thread that bolt Uh to get it in. And so that's what I was doing, and I was so frustrated. I may have been lost control a little bit. Uh-huh. And in that moment, I felt the Holy Spirit. Here is that standby say to me, "You haven't asked me anything yet." Uh huh. Right. And I was just like, "I didn't know you were still here," because I didn't think you hung around when people dropped the f bomb. <laughs> <laughs> if I can be real, and uh, no, not really. But I, I was just like, I. Like, I'm so frustrated that I didn't ask you, but like, now I feel like I lost my temper. Now I don't want to ask you because it's awkward. And so I was just like, all right, I'm going to have to humble myself here. Mm -hmm. I need, I need your help. What, how do I get this? And I'm telling you, it wasn't like a open vision. It wasn't like I had this mystical foggy thing happen. But in my mind, I just had an image because I'm facing the car messing with this stupid bolt. And i had this image of me with my back to the car reaching like this behind me Mm -hmm. and i had that and i was like that's the dumbest no i'm like i face forward when i do things i know how to get my hand in here and i was just like this is dumb and i don't know if this is the holy spirit but i'll just try it Uh because what do you have to lose and i did i i faced the other way and i found my arm got in so much easier i something about the way my arm was was positioning wasn't working and it was like, I got it right in. And I started to screw it. And Aaron was headed back to me. And I was like, I got it. I got it. And she was like, you're kidding me. And I was like, I got it. The Holy Spirit knows what he's doing. He's really smart. <laughs> he's really smart. He's really smart. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and that's kind of that idea. Now that, that's a, a funny illustration, but uh-huh. I'm telling you, that's that's how the whole... He wants to teach you all things. Uh-huh. If you can humble yourself and ask him, I don't understand math. I don't understand whatever this is. I need your help. And he he doesn't just do it for you. He gives you the wisdom so that you can do it. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he wants to partner with you in whatever you're doing, whether it be ministry, you know, or trying to fix the car. I think sometimes people um, take the practical out of God and they're like, yeah, well, that's church stuff. And it's like, no. The Holy Spirit literally knows everything.
1: You yes. understand? He knows
0: uh-huh. everything. Yeah. I want help in everything because I feel like I'm stupid in everything. Mm-hmm. So I need a good teacher.
1: Right. <clears throat> yeah, that's that. I mean, I've had similar experiences like that, um, where when I was uh, working for a company that sold toner and and, and like big office printers and stuff, I, I was in charge of... Uh, I would have to go out and perform maintenance on them and they didn't train you they handed you a manual or that made you download one on your phone and you were expected to do it and i'm like this is craziness Mm -hmm. what kind of business model is this (laughs) but and so just because that i'm like i i don't have a mechanical mind i'm not a mechanical engineer or whatever Mm -hmm. and and so the only thing that I could do was pray about it. I'm like, this is my job. This is how I support my family. Um, and so God, please help me with this. And he did. And it it extended not just to that, but I was able to install, uh, three ceiling fans in my house because of that. All right. Without any, um, without any tutorials. So it was weird. um, That's crazy. Yeah. That that translated. Right. And, you know, since then, I've learned just to, you know, ask God just to be with me in any situation that I'm foreign Mm -hmm. to. Yeah. Um, And that includes writing papers. Sure. So sometimes, like, I don't wouldn't say that. I don't know what I'm doing, but sometimes, like, it feels like when I'm writing the paper, uh, somebody else—not somebody else—is writing for me, but somebody is with me Mm -hmm. writing the paper. Uh. Like, and I don't mean beside me; I mean within me. Yeah. And so, that might sound weird, but you know, the Holy Spirit is is said to be inside us, so yeah, that that shouldn't be weird. So, yeah, I think. Going back to your point about the Holy Spirit being smart, you know Dallas Willard in, in his book the Divine Conspiracy says that we should think of God being smart because he is the one who created the universe nice. in the first place. so I mean, yeah to teach God can literally teach you anything.
0: I was listening to a, a scientist talk one time about how uh, how complex the atom is he mm-hmm. was referring to Charles Darwin and he was saying, his understanding of the atom at that time was well advanced to what the scientific world understood. Mm-hmm. And the person asked him, he's like, well, what, what did Darwin know uh, then like compared to what we know now about, right. about the atom? And so he said, <clears throat> he said that, um, that it was, it would be like walking into a room full of smoke and smog and seeing the outline of something and saying, Oh, I know what that is. He's like, the atom is so complex. Mm-hmm. It, we today in 2022 still really have no idea how complex this was. And Charles Darwin at that time had, you know, a smoky image of maybe what it could be. Right. The complexities of it. And this is obviously not my field. Like science is not my field, but I love to hear really smart people talk about how complex and brilliant creation really is. Right. It's amazing to me. Like yeah. we have what? The third, 13 trillion cells in our bodies. This sure. Person has about 13 trillion. Yeah. And they, and they're all like work to, to perfection mm-hmm. to carry out what they're, what they're created by God to do. Mm-hmm. Like that amount of order is inescapable to even think that an intelligent being would not create
1: that. Yeah. Anyway. But Boy, I was going to say something to compliment that the, yeah. George Washington Carver creator of, I think penicillin and something else super important. Peanut butter. Peanut butter, yes. <laughs> that's all I remember. I was thinking peanut butter, but I wasn't sure like if, if he actually invented peanut butter. But I'm pretty sure so. that's the common knowledge that he invented peanut butter. But he know. also created penicillin. I
0: did not.
1: He, he was being, because he was a, a Christian as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, God told me what to do with the peanut mm-hmm. when he was being questioned. Because um and he said you know i didn't know this beforehand but god told me what to do with the peanut and i did it and now we have this and that so Mm -hmm. yeah i mean the holy spirit is is smart uh god god is smart and he i i agree with you that Mm -hmm. he can teach you anything we need to recognize that and you know give him the glory for that so absolutely um um, and I, I I came to
0: that out of the scripture um, in uh, in 26 where he said he will teach you all things. So so we have a um, we have a helper,
1: we have the Paraclete. And did you find Pleader is another word that it is the Paraclete also means. So you hit you hit the main ones. It's giving me five uh, and you have five definitions for the word for Paraclete. Right, and you, you hit them all. There's seven. Though. There could be seven, but it's it's giving me uh, three main ones and then two other ones that are also related to it. So it gives advocate, helper, intercessor, mm-hmm. aid, uh, and pleader and comforter. So that's six. Sorry, um, I don't see a seventh.
0: Okay, but well, e- I'll, I'll even
1: even so, you st- you still hit them all. Yeah,
0: sure. So th- 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 it's really important to to see that. So uh, so we have that teacher in all things. So he will teach you in all things, which mm-hmm. is a huge phrase. And he will bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So the Holy Spirit can be there. Uh, that that almost speaks to the standby mm-hmm. that he helps you remember what you have learned. And, I, and uh, so going back to prayer, that's one of the prayers I pray for people all the time, especially people who I know are born again who I know have the seed of righteousness in them, or I know, know the word. And one of the things I'll pray for them is we talked about last time about that their eyes would be enlightened, mm-hmm. but I pray that the Holy spirit would remind them of the truth that they know. Mm-hmm. He can only remind you of the truth that, you know, the truth that you heard. Cause he even said it, he's not really teaching you something new per se. He is, but, um, he's, he's reminding you of what you already know, all things that I said to you. So he'll bring back, Things to you sometimes, and right. a lot of times in prayer, I'll be praying for something. And he'll remind me of, of something. I'm like, yes, I knew that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Or I'll ask him. There's a scripture here, Holy Spirit. I need you to help me remember what that scripture was. And it's like, bam, there it is. Yes, Galatians. Got it. You know. So that's one of his activities. So very clearly, we see Jesus is explaining, this is what the Holy Spirit does. He helps you. He's going to comfort you. He's going to aid you. He's going to help stand by. He's going to teach you all things. He's going to help you remember things, very specific things, right? Mm -hmm. Like this is Jesus, like laying it all in the line. Like, let's take the mysticism out of this. What does the Holy Spirit do? He helps you, right? you know? Uh Uh, I use the illustration that one time about uh, Reinhard Bonnke and his wife who had the uh, uh, power steering problem and it, it didn't have a power steering pump. And then they got a, a power steering car, car with power steering, and she was able to turn the wheel with one finger. Mm-hmm. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He assists you to make life easy, to mm-hmm. make everything easy, you know, comfort you when you're in pain. You know, let's not gloss over that. How important is that, man? Right. Yeah. Life can be hard. You need the Holy Spirit
1: yes yes absolutely so how does that where does that go to as far as praying in tongues oh i'm getting there.
0: okay don't you worry you no know, so i said i always like to start there because uh-huh. it's
1: like you know people people
0: who ask this question want well, they they respect jesus <laughs> yeah so I wonder, what does jesus say about the holy spirit right. uh i'll just say in a couple of 16 john sixteen seven real quick uh So he's telling his disciples, uh, it is to your, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if Jesus was still alive today, like on the earth today, I couldn't receive from him unless I was next to him. Right. Yeah. So he leaves and now the Holy Spirit can live in all of us. And now it's like having your own personal Jesus in a sense. It's like, I don't need to be in Israel to hear Jesus. Mm -hmm. If he lives in me through the person of the Holy Spirit, that's the best for me. And he's telling them this because they're probably in pain thinking, we don't want to lose our teacher. Right. If they even understood what he was saying about going away. Uh, We don't want to lose our teacher. He's telling them, I'm not going to leave you alone. And it's actually better for you that I leave, which is hard to think of what's better than having Jesus there. Well, what's better is having the spirit in everybody. Mm -hmm. And so he says, it's to your advantage I go, because as soon as I go, I send him. And so he says, another activity of the spirit. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. So, So the Holy Spirit convicts the world of sin. Wait,
1: what? Tim. <laughs> yes. No. We're you and I sin. are supposed to do that to other people, not the Holy Spirit. <laughs> but notice it's the the world of sin. Yeah.
0: He convicts the world of sin and of righteousness and of the coming judgment, you know. It's almost like he's saying the Holy Spirit tells you you are living in sin and here's here's a contrast, here's what righteousness looks like. You see yourself far from that? And if you continue in that, what comes next? Judgment. God's judgment comes from that. That's what the Holy Spirit does. That that leads you to repentance. Right. I, I want to say this. I, do, I think this is correct, but I'm saying this with a grain of salt. He is not saying this to believers. Okay. Do, does the Holy Spirit convict you of sin? Yes, to deal with it. But it, but I, I would put it this way. I would say he's 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 letting you know, don't live in sin because you are righteous, right? And if you, if you continue in sin, you will not escape judgment, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm I'm making that distinction just because I'm saying, he says specifically the world, this is what the Holy Spirit does. He convicts the world of sin. And when they repent, then they are in Christ, then they are made righteous. They are made holy. And we don't have to keep going back over some of these elementary things. We know sin is wrong. We know we have been made righteous, But that that's the distinction. The Holy Spirit now leads me in truth. And the truth is I've been made righteous, Mm -hmm. you know, um, of sin, because they do not believe in me, of righteousness, because I go to my father and they see me no more and of judgment because of the ruler of this world is judged. Um, Okay, so I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you of things to come. Mm-hmm. Just so specific takes all of the cloud mysticism out of it. You know, why did I freak out at that? Cause I love that. I love the fact that it's like, he leads you in truth. That means you can trust him. He's not going to speak lies to you. I don't mean to get political, but I, I have, this is the only thing that's coming to my mind right now. Like when I think of when Fauci was like, you don't need masks, you know, Mm -hmm. it's fine. And then to come to find out, he said, well, I just said that because I didn't want everyone to buy masks in the medical field, not to have anything. So you lied because you were hiding maybe a good agenda. Maybe it's almost like the end justifies the means sort of thinking. And I say that to say that the Holy spirit's not going to do that. He's going to speak the truth, the whole truth. He's not going to withhold things from you. Right. He's so trustworthy. That's good to know. He loves truth. He is the spirit of truth. Um, he does not speak on his own authority. God's not going to tell you something. The Holy Spirit's going to be like, I know God said that, but Mm -hmm. you don't know him like I know him. He's having a hard day. They're in perfect unity, in perfect harmony. They harmonize perfectly
1: with each other. That's an important thing to know about the Holy Spirit. It's almost like all three persons of the Godhead have one will.
0: It's almost like that. (laughs) Yeah. And so that gosh, these things seem simple and elementary, right. but I'm telling you, most people can't even tell you where this is in scripture. You could ask them, tell me some characteristics about the Holy Spirit. And be like, Oh, doesn't he yell and scream and punch people? And you know, it's like really they just bring up some crazy Pentecostal thing. It's like, well, what does Jesus say about the Holy Spirit? Mm-hmm. Most people couldn't tell you. And he shows you things to come. This is this is so important for me because sometimes in my prayer life, when I'm praying in tongues. I'll feel, I used to have this instructor who, um, uh, in Bible college, who would, she used the phrase, pray out the plan of God. So if you're in, if you're in a moment where you're not sure what to do, you're not sure, I'm I'm at a critical juncture right now. I don't know, should I take this job? Should I not take this job? Where should we move? We, We have to make some decisions. She said, you need to just pray in the spirit and pray out the plan of God. You're, praying out his will and his promises. It's almost like you're laying tracks for your future. And I've used this principle more times than I can even say. While at the same time knowing I need the Holy Spirit to tell me what I should do, because he can see what's coming and I can't. So something may look good, but here's the Holy Spirit. I'm inviting him in. Help me with this. What do I do? Where? Sh- what should I do here? And suddenly this thing that seems really good, suddenly... Mm-hmm something my spirit's telling me this might not be good let me pray a little longer on that and then the more i pray about it the more clear it becomes it's almost like smoke leaf have you ever seen that like where it's really foggy out and then the sun comes up and then suddenly just you see it almost disappearing this is like what clarity in the spirit does
1: yeah man Pentecostals we call that praying through
0: Mm.
1: all right praying through yeah it's pray through terry at the altar because you do terry that is a very old
0: school Uh, (laughs)
1: yes I mean, it's, stuff takes time. You're dealing with heavy situations and you are dealing with submit, submitting your will. And you're humbling yourself. And we'll, we'll just say that, humbling yourself in prayer. Mm-hmm. And you're, <laughs> that's not easy. Mm. So it, it takes time. The more you humble yourself in p- prayer, the more clear it is to hear and see what the Holy Spirit is saying. Yeah. And so that's key. You just uh, spend all the time that you need in prayer. Um, And for the younger people, Terry means wait. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We're not talking about our friend Terry. Nope. No. T-A-R-R-Y. Yes. Terry, the altar. And uh, Go ahead.
0: No, that's... It's important that you said humble yourself because mm -hmm. the tendency is... I see something that I want: this car, this wife, this job, and I'm going to pray and see if this is God will, God's will. Sometimes your want can be so strong that you're like, "Oh, I feel good about it." You're like, "Yeah, sure, that's the Holy Spirit." That could just be your will, yeah. And so it does take that humility to be able to distance yourself and say, "I don't, I don't trust myself because I want this so bad. I need your wisdom because I can't see." what's ahead. But the Holy Spirit's not not attached emotionally like that. The Holy Spirit's not, I want you to have this so bad. You know, he's, <laughs> he's able to just be like, look, it all seems good, but like let's just take a step back, mm-hmm. think about this, pray about this, you yeah. know. He's not in any any hurry. But I love that one. He will tell you things to come. It's almost like you're a uh everyday fortune teller, right? You can know sometimes what's going to happen. I don't just mean like fully, fully prophet I, in in a sense, if you have the Holy Spirit, you have prophetic.
1: Yes. Yeah, prophetic. Okay. Yes.
0: You might not sit in the office of a prophet and there's a difference, but it's almost like you 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 can know if the Holy Spirit wills to show you what's coming in your life. And sometimes he'll give you direction in prayer. If you have a disciplined prayer life, he can sometimes give you those little nudgings like, this is coming. This is coming. Like, wait a minute. Whoa, that's coming. Or something's coming. You need to prepare, you know.
1: Yeah. So that's important. Okay.
0: It's important to know. Holy Spirit it wants is, to help yeah. you because he knows he's going to tell you what's coming. Mm-hmm. He will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. Cool little picture there, right? Mm-hmm. I love it, man. I think that was the end of that one. Are we out of Jesus yet? Yes. Now we can get into tongues, tongues. Okay. So these are just some very good things about what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit.
1: Okay, so... With with that, sorry, I was I'm I'm okay. having to process my thoughts while we do this. Can you can we expand praying into spirit in the spirit to encompass what you just said? I think I already did. I may let to make it obvious. Okay. Because when I think of praying in the spirit, I'm thinking about tongues mm-hmm. and the way that you just described it you could throw under the umbrella of praying in the spirit as well almost like praying in the spirit can be multi multifaceted right yeah. <laughs> i'm yeah. gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna kick that rock as far as i can go man with the multi <laughs> multifaceted multi
0: <laughs> yeah okay sure. yes the holy spirit is uh is multifaceted no question um what was i gonna say there was i watched a uh Dateline maybe or 2020 mm-hmm. um segment about tongues i don't know if you've seen it really interesting uh
1: no i don't think i have not
0: a christian organization right so they i'll, I'll give you the brief synopsis uh-huh. so they they um they talked to a pastor and they were like you know tell us about tongues and so he kind of gave a an illustration he was he was a funny guy he said um he said you know we're People think we're just crazy because we we pray in tongues and, and we are, <laughs> but th- there there's there's real science to this and we don't fully understand it. We just see it in the word. We believe it. It's a part of, of what us Pentecostals believe or, you know, charismatic, whatever. Uh, and, and, but y- y- we'll see what you guys have to say about this. And so they interviewed a bunch of people and then they put, um, they put, Obviously, when it comes to science, once again, not my field, but they put something on on their maybe it was a put them in a, a CAT scan, maybe okay, or something like that, mm-hmm. where they're able to monitor um, their brain, the brain okay. activity, yeah. And so they, they said, Okay, they had him under, and they were like, They said they did this with several people, and they said, Okay, pray in English. And so he was like, Lord, I just pray. For the scientists right now, I pray that you would guide them in their experiments in Jesus' name. I'm like, okay, pray in tongues. And it starts getting into it. And then, uh, and the same thing, it shows all the other people and what they're going through. One one woman was like, almost like falling out in the spirit. She was holding on to her, like holding <laughs> on to her medical uh, IV or whatever it was. And she was just like, Whoa! like, it was just powerful for her. And so we're all laughing watching this, and it was just cool. And so what they found was that when you were praying in English, your brain was firing. So many different parts of your brain were firing on all cylinders. And as soon as you started praying the Spirit, it like flatlined. Hmm. It was like nothing was happening in the brain. And that's interesting because um, what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, is that right?
1: Well, he, he does bring up tongues. Yes.
0: He talks a lot about Uh tongues. The entire thing is almost about tongues. Mm -hmm. What he says is that when I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my knowledge is unfruitful.
1: Yeah. um... So
0: it's, so what I mean is that like, when you're praying, this is your heavenly language. It's a communication between you and God. And it sounds like you have no idea what I'm saying in the natural. So you're not using your natural mind. You're using like your spiritual mind, so to speak. And so that's why your natural mind is not doing much. You're praying with the spirit. You're almost able to bypass this hindrance Mm -hmm. called your brain. Let's bypass that so that I can hear from the Holy Spirit. And I thought that was just really cool that like science proved scripture, you know, yeah, that there is the natural mind. Um, the way this seems right to man, your natural brain, God uses that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But when you're talking about spiritual things, sometimes you have to use what's called like uh, Paul refers to as the the spirit of your mind. Mm-hmm. It's it's still your mind, but it's it's not your brain. It's, you know, it's the intelligence of the spirit,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is spiritual, which is not natural, which is why your natural mind is almost doing nothing.
1: Yeah. So that was that. And we can get more into that. Dr. Tony Ritchie, who's been on the podcast before, talks a little bit this in a paper called Transposition of Tongues, um, and he called that paper has that title because C.S. Lewis uh, had a sermon called Transposition all about talking in tongues. It was like 1944, then it was published in 1949, uh, but anyways, it's all about your are so you just brought up that uh you have to use your spiritual mind. Mm-hmm. The the your physical mind has limitations. Yeah. Right? And so in Romans 8 26 and 27 maybe, uh you know we don't it, it talks about we don't know always know how to pray we're, yes. we're limited yes we're very limited and so and it's it's frustrating because there's just the stuff that you feel in your spirit or even in your heart let's get let's get holistic and mm-hmm. just your being yeah okay and you don't know how to say it and so the spirit intercedes for for yes. you yes. and so that's an allusion to speaking in tongues. It's what he called an implicit allusion to speaking in in tongues. And because uh, this heavenly gift, which is almost, is beyond comprehension to our physical mind, is being not funneled, but it's it's being gifted to us. Mm -hmm. And we can't intelligently, Intelligibly recognize hmm. what it is, so we speak it in, in tongues. Yes, uh-huh. um, and and that is a process called transposition, when a higher reality is uh, moved to a lower re- reality. and yeah. we're, we're the lower reality. Sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, and so that's a, that's like a philosophical, scientific, uh, but also theological. Way to think uh, about tongues because we're speaking in, in a language that we don't know right um and so um there there's something going on there, and that is this what the spirit is doing yeah and and so um
0: the, and that's and that's huge uh and I was going to get into Romans eight eventually because but the, mm. the, now that you said it I might as well say it that it that is a huge thing. So recently there was the Texas school shooting. Right. Okay. There's so much heartache yeah. and so much pain and so much. Ugh, I hate it. everyone makes everything political. Yeah. I feel like we can't agree on anything. And so I'm angry. I'm funneling all this stuff, mm-hmm. you know, anger for the, the, at the killer, anger at the cops, anger at politicians who can't, can't mourn for one second without putting their political agenda. <laughs> it, so I'm dealing with a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, I relied, and I don't know if he'll ever listen to this, but shout out to Chad Hampton, uh, one of my friends. He he posted that uh, the scripture you just said in Romans eight, maybe twenty six. Um, and i just let me just read it. Uh, sure, go ahead. I don't want to misquote. Oh, here we go. Okay, so twenty six. Yeah, I was right, uh, or maybe you were right. Uh, So he's talking about hope for we do not 25 for for if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. So he says 26. Likewise, the spirit also helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the, the but the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Meaning in that moment, I'm dealing with frustration and anger instead of just praying for something that sounds good, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit. I don't know what to pray for. Yeah, I don't know how to pray. So I'm just going to pray in tongues and then use my prayer, however it's necessary, but also enlighten me and give me other things to pray for in English. Right. And yes. I can articulate.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, yes. Let's stay on this uh, Romans mm-hmm. issue. Let me, let me bring out uh, what transposition Actually, means so. It's it says here in the paper I'm reading from Doctor Ritchie's paper about C.S. Lewis and in transposition, he says Lewis, C.S. Lewis suggests that our emotional life is more complex than our than our sensations. So we have the sen- sensations which are our physical mm-hmm. feelings, but our but our emotional life is way more complex than just sensations sure. okay uh, and thereby uh, we're forced to use a lower medium to express uh, higher experiences so so our sensations are a lower medium that is expressing a complex yeah uh, higher experience of our emotional life mm-hmm. okay um, and he says that even to the point of of uh, having to use the same sensations for a variety of of experiences. So let's talk about goosebumps. Mm -hmm. You can experience goosebumps when you're scared, when you're happy, when all of these uh, emotions, even cold, (laughs) even cold. Yeah. So, um, and so this is an adaption uh, from a richer to a poorer medium. It's called transposition. So that transposition is a familiar element of human experience and is illustrated from the practice of drawing pictures, which is a lower medium Mm -hmm. of the real world, which is a higher reality. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, In order to experience the the grander reality. So, um, knowing, knowing the higher reality is necessary for properly understanding the lower form used to express to express it. Um I th- I think what he's what he's saying here is we have to know God in order to properly understand what the heck is going on in these lower experiences we're talking yeah, about yeah. um speaking in tongues. And I but but speaking in tongues is is a holy thing. Mm-hmm. But the but speaking is sort of a lower reality um, in, in that. Um, yeah, it, well, I would say, I would almost say it's almost like
0: you're trying to articulate something that is way too complex yeah. for you to understand.
1: Right, and right. It's hard to do
0: that. Uh-huh. So you just find whatever words that you have.
1: Right. So, uh, so you, you, one must not look at a drawing and include it as reality and that no three dimensional reality <laughs> right. exists. Right? right. Yeah. So the concept of symbolism is inadequate to explain This phenomenon, Uh, since the picture really does not participate in the reality it portrays. Therefore, a sacramental understanding is preferable to the merely symbolic. Okay. So think of tongues sacramentally rather than symbolic. So that's what transposition in tongues is. you, it's tongues isn't gobbledygook. It's Mm -hmm. right. He's saying, no, this is a higher reality being communicated in a, a lower um, expression, I yeah. guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, so. but it's a complete mystery to us. Yes. But it is uh-huh. a heavenly language. It is, right. Yeah, right. right.
0: And it's not just us repeating the, the, the same word right. again and again and again. It's, it's It really is a, a language in and of itself, which is articulating like you said right
1: a, and a heavenly truth right and it, it plays into the the inner it, it's inner it's intercessory in nature yeah which, what if you want to call it transposition or whatever mm-hmm. that that whole point of that passage is in intercessory in, in nature and so um and and i would say this too almost from the opposite
0: perspective as we're talking about tongues and holy things and right. righteous things. I don't know if you've ever heard this before. I've heard a, a few uh, like ghost sort of experiences. And I feel like almost every time I, I hear about something like that, person who's not a Christian, not a believer, not spiritual at all, will say, like I felt a dark sensation in the room. It got cold and I felt something was like dread. I felt dread come over me. And I was listening to that, you know, the several times that I've heard it, and I'm always like. Even th- there is a sensation happening yep. that's not your five senses, but you're picking up on something you just don't know what to do with it.
1: Exactly. You know. Yeah. So that
0: would be the, the other side of what mm-hmm. we're talking about: mm-hmm. being able to pick up on something.
1: Right. Yeah. So um, I don't. I don't remember. So I don't know if you had anything else to to well, say. Off
0: that. I, I just just to drive the point home, there are so many things we don't know what to pray for. You know, Mm -hmm. if we decide, I want to pray, I want to pray for you because I know you're going through something, but I don't know any details. You just text me and said, Tim, I need you to pray for me right now. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm praying. What am I praying for? I don't know. I don't know what he could be in a car accident. He could just found out some tragic news. Let me just pray in the spirit and I'm seeking the Holy Spirit. And I'm tuning, like we talked about last time, I'm tuning in, right?
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I'm tuning into the language of the Holy Spirit, knowing I'm going to pray And, uh, and, oh, that was it. I don't remember which phrase, and I I apologize for not being fully prepared for this, but, um, this is what I was thinking of. I'm in that passage. There's a certain phrase or a certain word, and it almost means like the Holy Spirit helps us lift things. He helps us lift things. We are not able to lift on our own Mm -hmm. to bear burdens. We're not able to bear on our own. Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, one of those Greek words in there refers to that. So it, it's almost like the Holy spirit's helping me lift something yeah. because it's so big. It's so heavy. I don't know how to do this, but he gives me that burden to pray sometimes. And I've mm-hmm. heard this many times of a lot of ministers just being in prayer. And then someone comes to mind and it's like, as they're praying, that person keeps coming to their mind. And they're like, Oh, I think the Holy spirit wants me to pray for that person. And then in that time, a heavy burden starts to fall on them where it's like, oh, that person is going through something right now. I got to pray for them and then come to find out later that person was almost in a car accident and almost died. You know, I've heard that, like with my father in law, literally. Mm -hmm. Um, So the Holy Spirit helps us with when we don't know what to pray for. And he helps us lift and carry uh, burdens. Yeah. Lift off of or, you know, to carry a heavy burden you may be carrying.